Let's take our seats. If you're very far, let's release our children to go to Sunday school. Come and clap your hands for the children as they go to Sunday school. Now, if you are far away, come close to me. I want to be, I want to, I want to be close to you. Praise God. Amen. Before we go in the world, um, I want to, I want to talk about prayer. I want to talk about prayer. Uh, you need to increase your spiritual life. We are living in a time where believers that are not living in the spirit will fail. Times have changed. Times have changed. And times are continuing to change. We are in a time where you cannot have one leg in God and one leg in the world. We are in a time where you cannot afford to believe God today and doubt God tomorrow. We need to trust God and we need to live our lives in God. So we need to increase our spiritual life. We need to receive it and we need to increase it. We increase it in fellowship. We increase it in prayer. And we increase it in the word of God. If you are one of those members that come to church this Sunday, and next Sunday you do laundry, and the other Sunday you go and, uh, and, uh, and uh, paint your, your chicken house, and, uh, and the other Sunday you go visit your cousins for birthdays and Monday you go back to, to work up to Friday I'm telling you things are changing and we are in a time where God's people are going to be actually separated from those that are not his we are in a time of separation. People will look at you and tell whether you belong, you believe, you trust, or you don't. People will see you and know whether you pray or you don't pray. You know, we, we, we've walked out of a season where we could fool around. But in these times, you're going to stand and people will tell you you need to They will seek the Lord. Because times are separating us. Amen. So, I've been meditating on this. And, uh, and this is what God uh, put on my heart concerning City Church, Kampala. That you need to pray. You need to pray. Because 
your English cannot help you now. Your family background can't help you now. There is so much that you must have to go through these end times. And I've told so many people, and I want to tell you also, you don't have so much time. You're going to go to heaven? But why should you go to heaven after suffering on the earth? Isn't it okay for you to live a good life on the earth and live a good life in heaven? Amen. Amen. So, we, we, we're going to uh, rekindle the fire of prayer. And uh, I want all of you to come and pray with me through this week. We are praying Monday to Friday 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. My sheep my sheep knows my voice and they hear my voice and my sheep follow. Monday to Friday, we're going to be praying 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Quit doing certain things. Come, let's pray. And I'm talking about prayer. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do that this week. Weekend. And then after Friday, Friday, we will communicate how you're going to keep your life of prayer moving and constant. Now I have no transport to come through the week. But you get transport to do other things. You do. Some of you walk. Some of So walk these five days. Walk. But let's come here and pray. Because God loves you. And there are things he wants to do for you. Then the other thing. Thank you so much for clapping. Um, can we all clap our hands? If you didn't pick it, pretend you understood it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. If you don't understand it, pretend you did. As, uh, in the middle of pretense, the Holy Spirit will help you to understand it. You know, the hospital loves uh, courageous people. Amen? When you don't understand it, behave like you did. In the middle of that, it helps you to understand it. But if you don't understand it, and you behave you didn't, it passes. Then the other thing I want to encourage you is uh, the life of generations. We still have so many people that are not in generations. And I don't know what you're doing. 
we are in a time where seasons are separating us. So please join a generation. We got a generation And please become a leader of a generation so that we can increase the empire. We are in a time where seasons are going to separate us. Never about me. I've worked with you. I've worked with you this journey. I've been patient so with you. Season now when the season separates us, Toyomba. do not quarrel. Amen. Amen. Again, my sheep knows my voice. And they follow. Please join a generation. We got a generation. Please become a leader of a generation. Don't be a spectator. Participate. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Participate. Don't be a spectator. Participate. Do something for God. Don't live a purposeless life. You wake up, go to work, come home, go work, come home, give birth, raise kids, come home. So many people are raising kids. So many people are married. So many people have homes. So many people have jobs. Are you among them? Don't live a purposeless life. Be different. Be a man of purpose. When I say purpose, it's a higher purpose. Aren't you tired of going home, work, home, work, home, work, home, work, home? Give birth, raise one, start one. They grow up, they leave you in the house. I'm not saying don't. I have five. Amen. So let's live a life of purpose. Amen. Praise God. So be part of a generation. And, and those of you that are part of a generation, participate. Be, be part of that life. Prayer, breaking of bread, and reading the word of God. Praise God. Amen. Um, how many... How many of you were part of IBC? Let me see your hand. If you were part of IBC. Let me see your hand. Hey. You know, we don't say much. We don't say much. But I'm surprised. Let me see you again. Part of IBC. You attended IBC. Okay. Let's go into today's teaching. Praise God. Raise your hand again. Let me see you. If, if you are part of IBC, you attended IBC. Let me see you. Put up your hand. That says a lot. That says a lot. But let's go into this teaching. We thank God for uh, what uh, Pastor Rohi has done here. 
He's done a great work. Uh, we have dealt with a lot of things concerning our Christian life over the years. Uh, we are in a season where God is leading us to deal with the area of finances. The area of finances. Um, uh, and I'm going to take one hour today to, uh, to, to, to teach. And, and building on what Pastor Rogi has done in this house for the last one month. Touching the area of finances. So I'm going I'm to do that today. And I'll do that next Sunday. And uh, in, uh, in the month of July, Amos, uh, Peter, and... Uh, and, uh, and uh, Dave will come and help us to build our generations and, and also to increase our fellowship in our generations and in our lives as members of CCK. And how we can be effective in doing the Great Commission in our everyday life. Then I will uh, begin again to teach about finances in August. And uh, we're going to go through the entire month looking at finances. I've been your pastor for many years. And I've never talked about money here. Because I didn't want you to add me to those pastors who you say they want our money. I have proved to you that I don't want your money. I've never talked about your money. How many years? How old is City Church? Ten years. I have never talked to you about money. Because I don't need your money. God has blessed me. So now you know when I come to talk about money, it is for you, not for me. Because I have lived with you for 10 years and I've never talked about money. You know, I'm very intentional in the things I do. I'm a man of principles and I read the people and I understand people and I deal with people the way they are. Because there is a situation now in Uganda where every a, any any pastor that tries to teach you about money is tagged as prosperity preacher who wants to get rich using poor people. 
waliwo endowoza wano mu Uganda buli musumba inayo gira ku byenfuna ba mutunulia ngubulizo wenkula kulana ya galo percent za abantu yes there are people that have used others waliya abantu abakozeseza abalala yes there are people that have preached to get money waliwo abantu abasomesezo funa sente but because they have abused it it doesn't mean it's wrong I believe in prosperity. And I apply every principle that brings prosperity. Amen. And I want my church members to live the life God has given us to live. So, so the, 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 the remaining part of the year, most of the remaining part of the year, we're going to deal with your finances. Because, because this year is a year of multiplication. So you've got to multiply your finances. You've got to buy land. You've got to build a house. Buy a home. Live well because god wants you well god wants to to you god wants you to serve him happy you know some get away from this teaching where people think that christians must suffer here to please god no you and i are not serving slaves we are serving sons a serving son drives a mercedes benz to come and sweep the church yeah. So there's nothing wrong with you driving a Mercedes, you come and clean the toilet. Because you are not a serving slave, you are a serving son. Slaves serve in pain. Sons serve in comfort. A few understood that. Slaves serve in pain, in agony, in struggling. But sons serve in comfort. I need a good bed. I need good food. And clean water. As I serve God. So don't, don't take a picture the toilet. I will not. You don't put me in a chicken house don't and then you think I'm going to come and preach. If I find myself in an area where there is no good house, that is okay. But why should I come from a chicken house and pass a nice house of an unbeliever and I come to preach? No! We serve as serving sons. So we're going to work on our finances. Because you, 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 you check your life. Or other people's lives. Every problem in life touches money. Every problem people face. There is an element of money. Every struggle in life, there is an element of money. There is an element of luck. That's why the Bible says that the Bible says that money answers all things. In other words, that 
the word serving means uh, the word answer means serving so the bible says that money serves in all things. So money is there to serve your marriage. Money is there to serve your education. Money is there to serve your life. Even your physical body must be served by money. If you have no money, you look at something. When you get the money, you That means money has started serving you. Have you seen Embaliga? You know, when they got rich, they, even their walking changed. They began to walk a certain way. You understand? So that means money serves even your physical body responds to money when it comes. Most of the problems people go through is because there is an element of lack. The wars that people go through. Lack of money. Some of them are brought You look for people that backbite. People Rejection. There is no a, a rich person with rejection. Stay in rejection. rejection. No rich man has rutwe. You understand? So that means that means most of the problems I will go through it is part so of the Therefore, you and I have to hate and be intentional about it. Wake up every day and hate it. Amen? Amen. Now, we're going to look at trust and giving. Trust and giving. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says, By grace ye are saved through faith. Please get your pens and your books because I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, a lot of scriptures. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. The Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So you realize that faith is the only way we access what grace has made available. By faith, we receive what grace has made available. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven places. But we cannot access those things without faith. Praise God. James chapter 2. James chapter 2 verse 14 James chapter 2 verse 14 verse 17 and verse 26 the Bible says what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works can faith save him 
Now this is uh, very powerful. Uh, Brother James is trying to show us something. According to this faith without corresponding works is dead faith. Faith without corresponding works is dead faith. Anything anything we believe causes us to act a certain way. Belief causes change in the way you think and behave. What you believe begins to determine your actions. So faith is manifested in actions. Praise God. True faith is a deep conviction which influences our actions. True faith is a conviction, a deep conviction that influences our actions. Let's go to verse 17. Even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Now you see, yes, faith saves, but it cannot save you if you don't act on it. Faith saves, but it cannot save you, it cannot help you if you don't act on it. So faith can be beneficial to you only when you act. That's why we need to act on what we believe. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Faith is a positive response toward God. God says something. God gives something. And he waits for you to respond. In order to activate what he has said. Many people are waiting on the promises of God while sleeping. No, they will not come to pass. Do you have the promises of God? Yes, you do have the promises of God. But you have to do something to appropriate the promises of God. That is faith. That's why James says faith without works is dead faith. You know, a dead womb cannot produce children. So a believer that has faith with no works is like a dead womb. Verse 26, the Bible says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, we have two kinds of faith. Turn to your neighbor and say we have two kinds of faith. We have two kinds of faith. One is the living faith. What is living faith? Living faith is the faith with corresponding actions. 
Write that down. Living faith is the faith with corresponding actions. And then the second type of faith is the dead faith. What is dead faith? Dead faith is the faith with no corresponding actions. You believe, but you don't do anything. That is dead faith. Living faith produces that faith is dormant. It does not give results. It is not effectual faith. It is dead faith which has no nothing to give to you. Now, giving is an act of faith. Giving is an act of faith. Giving is a corresponding action of your faith in God. Giving is a visible sign that you trust God. It is your trust that withdraws what God has already given you. The Bible says that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, it is your trust in God, your trust in God. Trust means you rely on God. Trust means you lean on God. Trust means you rely on God. So when you trust God, that is giving is, is a, a visible sign that you truly trust God. You have faith in God. So when it comes to your finances, you got to walk by faith. Walking by faith is a way of thinking that touches your actions. You act the way you think. So giving is an act of faith. If you don't give, you cannot withdraw what God has already given you. There is so much that is available, but you can only receive it when you trust God. When it comes to finances, you are already blessed. He became poor so that you become rich. He became poor so that you become rich. You are already rich. But you are like a person who has an ATM card that is hungry. Because you cannot go to the bank and get money out. So giving is the way you access your wealth. Giving is the way we access our wealth. And, and that is why when you look at Jewish boys when they are raised up, when they are uh, groomed, they are trained how to handle and how to respect money when they get it in their hands. They are, they are trained, they know how much to eat, they know how much to save, they know how, how, how they have to take care of, of God in the area of finances. I mean taking care of the work of God. That is why everywhere you go, Jewish people are wealthy. 
They breathe, they come to Uganda and they breathe the same air you breathe. They are in the same system. They pay the same taxes. They live under the same system. But they are always wealthy. Why? Because of the way they are raised. They are raised and they are taught about money. But we are believers. We are children of Abraham by faith. But we do not look into the same principles the other people are looking into. And you receive and eat everything. And wait for tomorrow. That's, that is not how you should live. That is not a believer. You, when money comes in your hands, you must know how much you ought to eat. You must know how much you put in your buns, in your servings. You must know how much you give to God. Praise God. You got to know that. Unlocking your wealth. You must understand the value of money. And you must understand the purpose of money. Praise God. So it is your trust that will withdraw what grace has made available for you. Now, you see, God is a giver. Everyone said God is a giver. Everyone said God is a giver. Now, God is a giver. God believed that he could save man from the kingdom of darkness. He believed it, that he could save man from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He believed in that. And when he believed it, he gave enough to correspond with what he wanted. When he believed he could save humanity from darkness to light, he also gave enough to correspond with what he believed. Praise God. What he gave was enough to correspond. He knew that what he gave would be enough. So let me ask a question. Every time you give, do you believe that what you're giving is enough to correspond with your vision? You know, there are people that are waiting. One man said that, that the graveyard is the most wealthy place. Because you find people there that, that, are, that died with, 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 with books in them. They died with movies in them. They died with businesses in them. They died with visions in them. They died with so much wealth in them. Which means they never accomplished anything on earth and yet they were wealthy inside of them. The problem with so many people like that they have visions but they don't have what is enough to correspond. There must be a correspondence with your between your vision and your giving. Because every vision requires money. 
Money is the key that unlocks your vision. Never despise money. You know, I go to people, I meet people, and they prosperity. Don't talk about prosperity. I'm like, you go. I believe in prosperity. Because if you despise it, you never get it. If you despise it, you never get it. So never despise prosperity. Prosperity is one of the reasons why Jesus died. Listen. You can't separate me from money. No. I don't serve it. It serves me. Because if you take it away from me, it means I'm not going to do anything on earth. Uh, uh, we were in Stockholm and uh, uh, Apostle Grace Rubega taught me something. And he told, he, he told me, you are money yourself. When you're walking, you are money yourself. And I took it. Because you understand that there is nothing you can do without money. Nothing. So don't despise it. Don't despise it. Why would Jesus die for something that is not valuable? Poverty is one of the reasons he died. He became poor. He was made poor for you to become rich. By his stripes, you were healed. He became sin for you to be the righteous, righteousness of God. So you realize there are three things that killed Jesus. One was sin, and two were consequences of sin poverty and sickness. So you despise it. When you despise anything Jesus gave, you take him back to the cross. Raise your hands and say, I must be rich. Father, thank you for money. Come on, Shannon, say, Money! Come forth! Praise God. And so, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the question is, is your giving enough to correspond with your vision? Is your giving enough? Are you giving enough to correspond? The measure of your vision must determine the measure of your giving. How far do you want to go? That determines the measure of your giving. Jesus, God the Father saw the world and his gift, his offering corresponded with what he saw. How much do you see? How much do you see? How big is your vision? 
So how are you giving? Now, the other thing I want to teach you is this. I'm going I'm to touch that again next Sunday. Do you remember Jesus was watching people giving an offering in church? And uh, rich people were coming and giving and giving and giving and giving. But this, this woman that came and gave her last, she gave a button and she remained with nothing. And Jesus appreciated her more than those rich people that gave so much. Now listen to this. This is a revelation I received. God is interested so much in how much you have remained with, not in how much you've given. He's so much interested in how much you have kept than what, how much you've given. That is when I, I realized, you see, tithe is not something we should even teach. Tithe, tithe is too small because you give 10% and you keep how much? Huh? Remember the woman remained with nothing. Now that is trusting God. Are you telling people to give everything they have? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Listen, I said for 10 years I've not talked about money. So that when I come, I have a clean conscience. Whenever you give, God looks at how much you still have. I'll come back on that. So when God gave, He gave His only and He gave all of it. But there are some people, they want to give a car. They say, I want to give a car. But I'll give only the tires. Give the whole car. Why Now, love is the motivation of giving. The reason, the reason God gave everything He had and he remained with nothing is because he loved. Now, you got to take care of what motivates you. The motivation of love, of giving is love. Amen? We have a God of increase. We serve a God of increase. But increase comes on your life only when you sow seed. If you want to see increase in your life, it comes only when you sow seed. Let's go to Psalms 107 verse 37. Very quickly. Psalms 107 verse 37. The Bible says, And sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruit of increase. The message Bible says they sowed the fields. They planted vineyards. They reaped a bountiful harvest. You cannot harvest without sowing. 
God is a God of increase. But he releases that increase upon only those who sow. Look at what he said. They sowed fields first. They planted vineyards first. Then they ripped a bundle of So we are here waiting for a harvest. Listen, not everything is in the realm of prayer. That's why Jesus thought about money so much than yes. any other subject. Yes. Listen, Jesus yes. talked about money, prayer, and the kingdom. Yes. Those three work together. Yes. A good giving attitude determines the harvest. A good giving, keep a good giving attitude. Because a good giving attitude determines the harvest. Praise God. You need to understand that it will not always be comfortable to give. But you must keep a good giving attitude. It is not always comfortable. Yeah, it is not always comfortable to give. But you must keep a good giving attitude. You have to Let's go to Psalms 126, verse 5 and verse 6. These are many scriptures. Please go back and read them. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You must keep a good giving attitude because it is not always comfortable to give. Give a good, I mean, keep a good giving attitude. So you sow in tears. What does it mean? Sometimes when you look around you, there is so much that needs the money. You have. you have bills, you have debts, you have loans to pay. Your, uh, electricity is off, water is off. And, and there are all these things that demand money. You must be able to cry at that moment. And get that money and give your tithe and give your offerings and help somebody else in that tears, in that pain, you will come back rejoicing. And let God, let every, let every man be a liar, but God be true. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. When you sow in, that's what it means. What it means. I was in, 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 in Dallas one day in Texas and uh, we had a great need in, in, uh, in the ministry. We, had, uh, we needed land. We had some issues going on because we didn't have, uh, we didn't have land. For the kids that we were taking care of. And uh, 
I went and preached. I needed so much money. I was looking for that money. And uh, we had a budget. And uh, the board had told me to raise a certain amount of money in one month. And uh, by then we had taken uh, five Sudanese from southern Sudan to Nairobi to Bible school and uh, they needed rent and uh, school fees and so Kenya needed money, Sudan, Sudan needed money, Uganda needed money. And somehow we were in a situation where we didn't have money. And the board, and the board told me, if you don't raise this amount of money, we are closing some programs. And so I got the U.S., and I had uh, only $5,000. How much is that in Uganda currency now? Hmm? Sorry? That wasn't even a quarter of what we needed. And uh, I have 5000 I was desperate. I didn't even have a ticket to bring, back, bring me back to Uganda. And uh, the landlord in Nairobi had closed uh, where the boys were staying, so they were staying in the dining room at the Bible college. <laughs> so the principal was calling. He was from Germany, very tough man. And I remember there is a word he said to me, he said, why do you bite more than you can chew? I was offended. And I'm sitting in that hotel room and I cried. And I said, God, this is your vision, it's not my vision. This German man is offending me. He asked me, why do you bite more than you can chew? Now these boys are sleeping in my dining. And uh, I had 5,000. And I was ready to come back to Uganda. I didn't have a ticket. So I was crying that morning. And, uh, and, the, and, the, and, and, and the Lord told me, whatever that is not enough is a seed. And I said, God, he said, whatever is not enough is a seed. And I said, okay, where do I sow this seed? I said, okay, let me take it to Nairobi and I sow it in the boys. And God said, no. Don't sow it in your ministry. Because you're looking money for ministry. Take this seed to Porter's house. Porter's house. Oh, Porter's house. They are in surplus. They have money. I think I knew them. I was, I was teaching in the admissions department. I knew them. They were rich. They are rich. So, and the Lord directed me to take this amount of money to the assistant of uh, Bishop T.D. Jacks, Pastor Ronnie. Now, I go to Pastor Ronnie's office. I asked him for a cup of coffee. Uh, and this is T.D. Jax's assistant pastor. He's wealthy. They have money. And so I took him there. 
I had $5,000 and I had asked my friend to give me $50 to get a car back and forth. Okay? So, and my friend decided to drop me to Potter's house and he gave me $50. So, I had only $50 to take care of myself. And the, and, and the 5,000 which was a C. So I go with Pastor Ronnie to Starbucks. And the Lord says to me, pay. I have $50. This man has millions of dollars. I have $50. And I'm thinking, should I take from the seed? The Lord says, no, $50, pay. So I said, Pastor Ronnie, what do you want to eat? Have you ever asked someone what they want to eat? And he went for that and that and that and that. And I said, Pastor Ronnie, I'm fasting, so I'm going to take. He says, no. Are you fasting? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm lying. I didn't say to him, I'm lying. I said, okay, I'll eat, I'll eat, okay, I'll eat. Have you, have you been there in that place where you say no because you have no money? So we ended up eating, I remember it was so painful. We ate $35. And I said, Pastor Ronnie, I have a seed for you. And uh, I, get, I got this 5,000 in cash and I gave it to him and I began to cry. He looked in my face and said, you're a man of faith. And he says, you go, your faith is going to work for you. He didn't pray for me. And I said, oh my God, this is rude. He looked at me and said, you're a man of faith. Oh, you're a man of faith. You come from Africa to sow this kind of seed. You're a man of faith. And he said, you go, your faith is going to work for you. And uh, he drove off. In a very nice car. And I'm there. I had to call my friend to help me again. He took me where I was staying. And... Uh, I really needed to come back to Uganda. So I borrowed money and I came back here. I didn't even have money to eat the night I arrived. So I was here. I went into fasting in prayer. I was living here in Bugolobi and I was there by my phone. And I cried for two weeks. After two weeks, I received a phone call from a big Baptist church. And they say, and this pastor calls me and says, I know you're a very busy man. I am sorry to call you now. But I need your urgent help. And I say, okay. How can I help you? He said, there is this pastor in Nigeria that we call to come and preach. And uh, he can't come. But him and I, we talked and he said, you are the right person to come. And I said, yeah. He said, uh, um, I need to check my calendar. I'll get back to you. Don't behave like you're hungry. 
And I want to teach you this. Protect your favor. Don't go like, hey! No! No, 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 no! You're a child of God! I say, uh, give me two days. I'll get back to you. And I told my friend, it's called Bob Semakula. He said, no, call him back. What if he finds another one in two days? Bob, quiet, man. You've not been with me in this pain. Leave me alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, after two days, he calls back and he says, I, and I told him, you know what? Because of you, I'm coming. I'm going to come. I said, oh, thank you so much. So, we're going to look for your ticket. And flights were full. The only place they could get was a business class. So, he calls me back and says, well, you know what? You know, we are struggling to get flights, but there is this one flight on BA. And can you fly? Uh, can you fly in two days? And you'll be here for three days before the conference. I said yes. They sent a business class ticket. ticket business class. I flew to Dallas. Dallas. And I preached. Powerful sermons. Now listen, I was there for two weeks. I preached for him for four days. I met another pastor. I, I sat in meetings. And listen, there's a lot a lady called Precious. I called her after two weeks. We had doubled the budget. I had enough money to take care of Sudan, take care of Uganda, and we went and bought land in Masaka. You understand what I'm talking about? So I have the right to tell you, show everything you have and trust God. Because I've done it. I have to end here. But there is no house when you don't sow. It's impossible. If you want to reap, you must sow. Now this is what I mean going in tears. Coming back rejoicing. Now, now the, 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 the motive of giving is not give to get. Give to get. I give, so I get. No, 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 no. That's not what we do. We give to leave. We give to leave just like farmers sow seed so that they can be sustained by it. Farmers sow seed so that they can be sustained by seed. You see, there is a big difference between farmers and gamblers. Some people have made this message to be a gambling process. But give and get. I, I, I get $5,000. So if you give $5,000 to get $10,000, you're even limiting God. <laughs> you, you understand? 
You understand what I'm talking about? You know, God is not at your level. <laughs> so don't gamble with him. Don't think he's a fellow gambler. He's not. <laughs> don't give 20,000 to get 40. No, that is em- that's embarrassing in the kingdom. So God is not at your level to gamble with you. No. He, God has given you these principles so you can live. Raise your hands and say, I give so I can live. My seed sustains me. So, so we give to sustain the future. We give, we give so that we can live an inheritance. We, we give so that we can grow and expand territories. We, we are not giving hungry people or hungry giving people gambling. No. No. Farmers sow seed so they can be sustained. So when you give, you are giving to be sustained. You need to be sustained. And what sustains you is your seed. If you are the person that eats everything, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. Are you with me? So we give to be sustained. Praise God. Uh, let, me, let me give you this and I'll be done. The other thing is this. If you get so focused on what is going on in your life, it will frustrate your giving. And if your giving is frustrated, your future will be frustrated. Because you see, we give to be sustained. Giving is likened to farmers. Because farmers read the future. They understand the future. They understand seasons. They balance seasons. They work them out. Farmers sustain nations. Can you imagine if all farmers in Uganda rebel and say we will not plant? So all of you are sustained by a man who wakes up in the morning and sows seed. Now you know why your family is suffering. Your siblings are suffering. You, you are not able to sustain them. Your seed doesn't end with you. Your seed supplies others. That's why we give. Just like our father. So you see, we don't give from a selfish motive. No. I know that when I sow. No, no, let me give you a secret. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I have five kids. And I sow every month I give for my children. There is a place I take my seed for my children. I began with Lillian. When she was five, I began to sow for her. And then Benjamin, I began to sow for him. Wilberforce Junior, I began to sow. Daniela Grace, I began to sow. Now I have a son-in-law, I sow for him. A son-in-law, a son-in-love. Lillian's husband. Timothy, I sow for him. In my lineage. I, I don't want any no! no! Now I have a grandson. I saw for him. Now, you count how much I give. 
And I've been constant in the place where I take my money for my children. But tell him one Tell him my grandchildren. No. I will walk with dust on their feet. No. And I have a promise. I have a covenant with God. The Bible says, hey, my God, these things are good. Eh? I was young and now I'm old. And yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor is his children begging for Another translation says, nor his children uh, lingering, <laughs> lingering around the streets, you know, walking around in the streets. Like Garanga Garanga, you know. Not knowing where they are going. No, no, no. So I have to I have to reap the harvest of that promise. Because when I trust God, that promise I, I withdraw it. I withdraw it. I withdraw it. I withdraw it. So everything my children do, they have to prosper. They have to. Everywhere they go, they shine. I know the secret. Because their father is a sower. He is a sower. I sow. Glory to God. So we sustain generations. We, we sustain generations. Generations after me must, must have the, the harvest from my giving. And I teach them to give. My kids are, are like Jewish kids. They don't eat everything. They get their own money. And we train them how to take care of their money. Glory to God. Amen. Ecclesiastes 11. Is that what I said? I didn't say that. that that's what I'm ending with. Did I give you Ecclesiastes 11 4? Oh, I did? Okay. Okay. Write it down. He says, he that obs observes the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. I can't give tithes because electricity is off, light is off, and this is off, and this. If you observe all these things, you will never sow. If you observe all these things, you will never reap. So that, what, 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 what does that tell you? Get your eyes off your situation. Become a sower. Did you understand that? It says if you look at them, you will never sow. If you regard them, you will never reap. So get your eyes off those things and become a soul. Stand on your feet. Raise your hands. Begin to pray in tongues.
Let me ask a question before you pray. How much do you see? How big is your vision? How big is your vision? Is your giving enough? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I want to go to, to, to Finland and do business in Finland. Okay. That's, that's good. Is your giving enough? I want to own that and that and that. It's good to dream, but it's also important that you act on what you believe. When God believed that he can save you, he gave. His giving corresponded with what he wanted. So make sure, I'm teaching you this, make sure your giving corresponds. And, and you see, I have not talked about tithe. Tithe is the least that you have to give. If you're still struggling with Tithe, you were an unbeliever. Okay? So the message I'm, I'm giving you now is for those that are beyond tithe. <laughs> they, they give their tithe and go back to the, to the other percent. And they begin to trust God with it. Amen. Raise your hands and begin to pray in the spirit. Come on, congregation, raise your voices and pray in the spirit. Aaron, come here quickly. Rian, come here quickly. Ribogosi andarabaka. Zelarabashekayala, <laughs> Zelarabashekayala, 
You receive a breakthrough financially in the name of Jesus. Your finances change from this day. I'm going to give you another two minutes to pray. I want you to know that God wants you well. God wants you well. He puts, he, the Holy Spirit put all these verses in the Bible so that you know God's will for you. God wants you well. God wants you wealthy. God wants you rich. God wants you well. The plan of God is not for you to suffer. Raise your hands and pray. Pray yourself into the realm of finances. Come on, pray yourself into the realm of finances. And make commitments to Trust God in this prayer. <laughs> Rekayanda <laughs> 
Father, thank you for your blessing upon us. Thank you for the visions your people have. Thank you, Father, because you sustain them. Thank you, Father, for the seed sustains them. Thank you, Father, for the vision they have. Thank you, Father, for a good life. Thank you for a good life. Thank you for a good life. Thank you for a good life. Raise your hands and say, Father, thank you for my future. Thank you for my life. I am not poor. My life will be sustained by my commitment to be a sower. I am a sower. I am a sower. I am a sower. My life and the life to come will be sustained by my seed because I am a sower. 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 I prosper in every area of my life. When he came, he raise up your hands and say, I prosper. I increase. I expand. My life is for a blessing. It's a blessing. I am a blessing to the nation, to the people. I am a blessing. I am blessed. And my blessing is a I am great in this life. 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 I am going to do great things in the name of Jesus. Because I'm a soul of a seed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Parents. Parents. Sow seeds for your children. It is seed that sustains. There are things that my kids have gone through in victory. And I just know. I just know. That has to be my covenant with God. Amen. That has to be my covenant with God. That has to be my covenant with God. Be a serious sower. Not a gambler. But a sower who sustains generations. A sower who sustains generations. Your life can't be the same. Your life can't be the same. Thank you, Father. There is a family that, that wants to dedicate a, a baby. We are quite late.
Is that Brian? Is that Brian? That's Brian Mugabe. Yes, Brian Mugabe. Brian Mugabe. Let's do it up here. Uh, let's do this so I can close the service quickly. Help, help, help her. Thank you, Jesus. Let's be sowers. Huh? Let us be sowers. Let's be sowers. Turn to your neighbor and say, let us be sowers. Let's be farmers, spiritual farmers. Turn to another one and say, let us sustain generations. We sustain generations. We uphold the nations. Yeah. You see, your giving can change this nation. A seed can save a nation. Look at, look at Jesus was a seed. Seed. Glory to God. Yes, God has blessed you. God has blessed you. Be sowers. Be sowers. Don't take this for this is a generation you need to sustain. Yeah. This is what Jewish people do. This baby must have money. Let's raise our hands. What's your name? Sorry? Uh, her name is Idlin Enema Mugabe. Raise your hands. Father, we want to thank you for this gift. I thank you for the Mugabe family. I thank you for this fruit of the womb. I thank you for the increase of this family. I thank you for the prosperity of this family. I thank you for the future. I come to you, Lord, and I join together with them to dedicate this baby before you. She will be used of you. She will be a blessing to her family. And to the body of Christ. She will bring grace to the family. She will bring honor to her father. This is a prosperous seed that increases every day. I declare that our path shall light up every day like a bright star. And I declare 
that her star shines brighter than others in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father for this day. She's in your hands. We trust you with her to take care of her. I speak wisdom. I speak understanding. I speak knowledge and breakthroughs. Doors to open for her in the days of her life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I anoint you with oil to succeed and rule over your world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I anoint you with oil known to raise a slave but to raise the serving daughter. Not to raise a failure. But a ruler. A governor. Of this world. A light. To nations. May God give you wisdom. To do it. In Jesus name. Amen. So, so this, this, this is this is her seed. Father, I want to thank you for this seed. Let this seed sustain her and generations to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless Teachings need you to pray. Huh? They need you to pray, man. So let, let faith come alive. And let prayer be alive. Amen. God bless you so much. Remember, Jesus is the Lord of your life. Nothing missing and nothing broken. God bless you. See you tomorrow.